That's a rip. Come get this closer without the C off my lawn. Don't you step on my petunias when you run from these dogs. <laughs> You're going to name your dog Cesarea. Closer without a C? That's loser. Yeah. Hey, you loser. <laughs> Don't run from a dog. He's smart enough to get that. I hope he's smart <laughs> enough to get off the lawn. <laughs> you better run. Uh, those are pit bulls. Um, I don't have a pit bull. I'm just kidding. Welcome to Man Fully Alive Podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to build from that. We hope. Got to go, go up. No, why, nowhere why but up. Why don't you do the intro this time? All right. Welcome to Man Fully Alive. I'm Deacon Nick with my host. Mike with a mic. Uh, if you've never uh, tuned in, I hope we didn't scare you away already. <laughs> <laughs> with Cesarea Philippi, our, our dogs. Make-believe dogs. Make-believe dogs. Anyway, uh... Honestly, our, our podcast is based off of the quote from St. Irenaeus. He says that the glory of God is man fully alive. And we don't often see the end of that quote, but it says that the life of man is the vision of God. And so as much as we try to uh, form ourselves into men who are fully alive, therefore giving glory to God, we also need to remember that the way in which we live that out is by beholding God, beholding God the Father holding him in our hearts and in our minds. And we do that, we do all of that uh, by reflecting on the Gospels each week. And so, welcome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we should probably open with a little prayer prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, come and be with us. Uh, Lord, all the liturgy of the hours starts with, oh God, come to my assistance, and Lord, make haste to help me. And, and Lord, that's all we ask, that you come and dwell with us in this podcast, and that the words that you leave for us in the gospel can be readily understood, tasted, and digested, and that we can take these words, let them dwell in our soul, and affect our being, and affect all that we come in contact with. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> it's... A good and meaty gospel we have got this week. It is, it is. But before we hit that, we got to look at our challenge. How'd, how'd, uh, how'd it all work out for you in prayer this week? You know, uh, something that I've just really desired so fully is just to be united with my wife in a spiritual capacity. Because so often, once you have kids, it's kind of like your ship's in the night, right? You're just logistics. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got dinner, I got this, driving the kid to this, you, you got this, I got that. And one of us is watching the kids and the other is kind of accomplishing whatever the goals are that we're trying to get done. And that has taken a toll, especially because we bought a fixer-upper about four years ago, and that really has taken a toll on our marriage mm. um, to not have that spiritual unity that, that God calls us to. And so over the recent months and weeks, we've really been focusing on finding prayers that we both enjoy to do and uh, dwelling in them together. And so as of late, we've been doing Liturgy of the Hours of the Night Prayer together every night. Yeah. And just the examination of conscience, it's the only time where we're doing it out loud. Yeah. Um, just me talking about the struggles that I have as a man and her talking about the struggles she has as a woman, uh, both as, you know, me as a husband, her as a wife, you know, me as a father, she as a mother, just all those different challenges. And honestly, we're, we're reuniting ourselves back to that, that happy-go-lucky couple that we that we are, you know, but so often we get dragged down into the muck and stop focusing on what's really important. 
Yeah, yeah, that can certainly happen, you know, with this you know, lack of attention <clears throat> that can happen. And lack of attention can happen in any part of our life, whether it be our relationships or our prayer, which actually our prayer is a relationship. And so, uh, yeah, I had a pretty good week. I, I would say that I started off real slow, that I kind of eased into prayer. I kept my regular um, uh, habits or... You know, uh, I was doing morning and evening prayer like I always do. I was going to Mass pretty regularly like I always do. And so it was ho-hum. It was fine. It was just as, you know, any other week. But I, I feel like I've ended the week uh, or come to this part of the week uh, just more on fire, more dedicated to, more maybe just more desirous of. Like the, the Holy Spirit's really put a doozy on my heart about wanting, just desiring to be with Him, um, wanting to go to prayer. <clears throat> And it's not even that I'm, like, challenging myself. It's just that I desire it, and that's pure gift. There's there's nothing more to say about that. It's just pure gift. But um, but it has been fruitful, and it's been wonderful, and so I, I'm enjoying it while I'm in that consolation. And I, I have a feeling, though, just like with all things, not that I'm a doomsday or, or, or pessimist or anything, but <clears throat> God oftentimes gives me these great moments in prayer in order to prepare me for something else, so... We'll see what's down the road so I can hopefully continue to do God's work. And he's building me up, which is great right now. Yeah. So just last week's challenge was about prayer and just diving in so holistically into just a communion and a conversation with our Lord. So that's how we did on the challenge. I hope you guys all took this to heart and, and actually started that conversation with the Lord because it's it's impossible. Let me repeat that. Impossible to grow in any real spiritual capacity without this baseline of prayer. And so getting that peace into your everyday life is not just paramount, but essential. Absolutely. Well, hey, so we should probably get into the gospel. Let's see what God has for us today. You want me to read? Yeah, go for it. All right, I did the prayer. I'm double dutying today. Double dutying. Ooh, well, actually, why don't you do the introduction, because you're just so dang good at it. Well, there we go. Uh, The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and raised after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
really great reading. Um, <laughs> I feel badly that that because of our jokes, it made me think. Oh, Jesus took his two dogs to some place, <laughs> Caesarea and Philippi, for the villages of his two dogs. Yeah, no. his two dogs, right? <laughs> oh, uh, what what is life without a little levity? Right. Very well, good. It's it's boring and awful. <laughs> That's right. It's boring and so serious. Oh, got your eyes out. Serious. No, but really, uh, you know, I one of the things that I love about this reading is 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 Peter. Peter is at the beginning of this gospel, at the highest moment. Like, way to go, Peter. Jesus is like proud of him. Like, who do you say that I am? You are the Son of God, the Son of Man. And Peter's rocking it, right? He's the rock star. And in other versions of the gospel, this is the same point. This is the same time in which he receives the kings of the king, uh, the keys of the kingdom, mm-hmm. and essentially becomes and has the authority of the pope, right? Um, but in this version of the gospel, it skips over that. It's like, no, we're not going to do the whole celebratory thing of Peter just because he knows that Jesus is the Son of Man and the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the Christ, right? No, it jumps straight to. Peter falling flat on his face. <laughs> Peter saying, "Oh Jesus, no! Don't don't go and die! Don't go and well, you know." But but, but you, you have to give him some level of grace because literally just before this, he's saying, "You are the Christ," and he warned them not to tell anyone about this. Right? This is the closest person in Peter's life to a best friend. Yes, right, absolutely. This is his teacher. This is his leader. This is his mentor. And his mentor. Just imagine the mentors in your own life. You know, just for a second. And just think of that person that you look up to and you rely on and that they're a big part of who you are as a man, right? The oh, good yeah. parts, not right. the bad parts. This isn't like crazy Uncle Joe or whatever, you know? But <laughs> right. No, the men in our lives who have formed us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These these mentors. And, this, and then this mentor comes to you and he says, hey, I, uh, I'm going to suffer greatly. I'm going to be rejected by everyone in a place of authority. And then I'm going to be killed. And then guess what? After three days... I'm going to go ahead and rise. And, and right. Peter's like, wait, what? Yeah. His head is spun. Um, completely. listen, listen, I, I gotta, <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord, you're, you're having an off day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just said you were going to suffer greatly and, and die. And, um, I, I think you're, I think you're just, I think you're kind of crazy Yeah. and, uh, you shouldn't say this around people. And he's like, know your place. Yeah. Right. Have, have in any other place have I misspoken? Have I said something that you didn't grow from, didn't become a better man, didn't have a greater understanding of God? No, you need to get behind me, Satan, and whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, must take up his cross. Why would he say take up his cross if he wasn't God? And if he himself wasn't going to do it and show us how? Yeah. Take yeah. up his cross and follow who? Not you. <laughs> not Bill. <laughs> not crazy Uncle so Not crazy Uncle Joe. Yeah. But deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so where do we go from there, right? If we're, if everybody wants to be compared to Peter, but I think I'm probably Thomas in this moment. Like I'm off yeah. just chatting it up with, with the locals. And hey Bartholomew, let's go have a beer. You know, Bartholomew. I hear they have really good uh, hummus platters <laughs> near here. I don't know if hummus was around then, but I would assume. Like, oh, I think so. It's an it, old dish. Yeah. How old? 
Hummus is old, old. Oh, I mean, ask, chickpeas I'm, have sort of been around forever. I'm going to ask for a new plate when I get one. <laughs> Can I, do you have any old newer versions of hummus? No. But you know, you make a really good point. It is very human, very understandable to not want your mentor, your friend, to go around telling people he's going to suffer. I mean, yeah, that, I, I'm going to die. Scary. I'm going to die. Scary. And so you're right. We can have some real mercy on Peter. But do you remember the first time you found out that your parents were going to die? Mm, like I don't know. I mean, I realized death so early. I don't remember the moment. You know what I mean, though. Like I think when I get the I, when, point. With though. kids, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm going to die someday, and I'm not always going to be with you. And you're like what? Emily, my five year old's like, but then I want to go with you, and I'm like, you will someday. Yeah, you know, but I'm I'm probably not going to be around your whole life. Yeah, and her little brain just can't wrap her wrap her mind around that. And I think that's kind of where Peter is right here. He's this five year old boy saying, "Teacher, don't don't go. Yeah, I'm not ready for you to go. Don't go." And and we today still have a problem wrapping our minds around it. I mean, why would the God of the universe not come and just save us all? I mean, what's the deal with this cross? Is that the way, is that really the best way to save us? Or isn't there some, why can't you just, you know, snap your fingers and save us all from our sins? Um, but there is something. Aren't you like <clears throat> the magic eraser? Yeah. There's something good and necessary about suffering. It purifies. It heals. It, it it's a, it's a. And he a doesn't salve. just say suffer. He says must suffer greatly. Yeah. And and die and be rejected. Yeah. By the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. Even the guys writing it down are going to write that I was rejected here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and be killed. Yeah. And 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 it's like it's just very very transparent. He spoke this openly. And he says quite clearly, look, this is not the way humans think. And we don't. And all of us are going to struggle with, with the crucifixion itself. And our own mortality and the, own, the, the suffering that we're going to have to go through for our redemption. But yeah. that's the point of suffering. If we turn it over to the Lord, we unite ourselves with him. And we gain that, that knowledge and, and the ability to then become something more than what we are simply right now this is the moment i always like to start talking about hope that that theological virtue that that is so confused in our society so often people think of hope but what the word that they're actually using or intending is the word wish i hope that it doesn't rain or i hope that it does rain or i hope that i get an a on my test but but that's not hope that's wishing hope is trusting in the lord theological hope means that we believe that God is powerful enough and big enough and awesome enough that he's going to accomplish what he has promised. He's going to bring about salvation for the world if only we cooperate with his will, if only we abandon ourselves to him. But, but there's, we, there, there's that big relinquishing moment, yes, right? yes. Which, which is the most difficult thing, especially for men to do, because yes. The, just the just the image of the self-made man, right? Uh -huh. That I took myself through this, and look at the crosses I bared. Wait, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 right? But it's an easy trap to fall back into. I mean, that's a slippery slope. Pride is so insipid that it can it can sometimes say, "Well, I'm I'm to glorify God. I did this." Yeah, that's still pride. That's yeah. still pride. No, through the grace of God, 
I was able to overcome this. Right. Because when we say that the glory of God is man fully alive, we don't mean you have to become fully alive and you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. What, we, what we mean is you have to relinquish your life to God so that he can make you fully alive. And well, therefore and, he will be glorified because we will give all praise and honor to him. Oh, and, and but, but it, it's made just so clearly with that second part. And the life of a man is the vision of God. Yes. That the life that we're called to is the pursuit of seeing our Lord, right? Yes. But the only way that we become that which we don't understand is to serve it, right? With, with love, so much of the time it's service is what we're actually called to. And love is often manipulated and twisted and distorted and, and taken in a million other routes. Yeah. And the we don't, word we love, don't do love well in well, our society. What we, we use it for, for non loving ends and non serving ends, but, but love is known in service, right? When you love your wife, you live to serve yes. and you live to do the things that you see, not only bring her joy, but bring her, into a better version of herself, right? Yeah. So much so that a man should be willing to lay down his life, which is why scripture says, men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What did he do for the church? He died for her. Voluntarily. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. So then here's Peter saying, no, I can't, I, I don't want this. And then this is the first pope right? Yeah. The rock with, with which the church is now built upon. And he's saying, I'm struggling with this teaching, Lord. I don't get it. And whatever you're saying doesn't make any sense to me. And Christ literally rebukes him in front of the assembly. Yeah. Right. He's like, Hey, listen, whole brain trust, get behind me, Satan and points at Peter. And Peter's like, uh, what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of being called out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's been times where people have called us out. And I think there's times when God calls you, calls you out and says, I expected better. Sometimes your wife, sometimes your kids. Yeah. And I think though, it's not as though Christ did it without charity. He loves Peter, but Peter needs to you know, rethink what the goal is here. And the goal is not for Jesus to become some worldly leader and to lead Israel in, in, you know, fending off Rome or kicking Rome out. His job is to come here and save the world. And Peter doesn't yet get how he's going to do that in and through his death. And, you know, I can relate. I, I would have a hard time with that except for I happen to be born on this side of the resurrection instead of the other side. Yeah. So understanding the fruits of it, as opposed to understanding what hasn't happened yet. Right. And, and looking only at the suffering side of it and not the fruits. Yeah. It's hard. Take up your cross and follow me. I don't think that was a common phrase where a teacher would, would lead. Take up your cross was not a phrase that came out. No, especially considering how gruesome and horrifying crucifixion was. Yeah, I mean, and it was reserved only for criminals and, frankly, the most disgusting of, of heretics in the church. Yeah. Right? So this was a, a great symbol of shame 
and and a way to just soil someone's name for all time yeah they didn't have a more gruesome nor more torturous way for someone to die and to be made an example of right right yeah the and even the israelite officials themselves could not crucify only the state could but that's precisely what they asked them to do to jesus and jesus knew this was going to happen and it's funny too you kind of think of it as like a coach trying to prepare his team don't you understand this is what the other team's going to do to us they're going to clobber us (laughs) and so you need to practice you need to be prayerful and you need to be ready and you need to be trusting and full of hope and peter goes wait a minute wait a minute don't go and die wait i'm not ready yeah. Hey, coach, uh, we need like 30 more practices, but the big game's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So get ready. Here we go. Yeah. And I think that's kind of life. That's life in a nutshell is the crosses that you're going to bear today, you're not ready for. But with God's help, you can overcome them. Why would Christ voluntarily say that he is going to suffer greatly, be rebuked, be uh, rejected, be killed? And rise after three days. Why would the Lord, who has only brought life, miracles, joy, education, knowledge of God, say, I'm going to let this happen to me, and you have to follow me, not avoid bad things. Like he, he literally is saying here, you, whoever wishes to come after me. Which is us. Which is us. Yeah. Christians must deny himself, which is let your will die. Whatever you want is no longer important. So deny yourself first. Your will must die. Take up his cross. So take whatever challenges that you you have. Yeah. Maybe it's you you have you have a difficulty with learning. Maybe it's you're you're constantly prone to anger. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's deceit. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's you're addicted to a game on your smartphone. Maybe it's way too much interest in football and not any interest in your family. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Take up that cross and follow me forever who wishes to save his life, which we all wish we could save our lives. Must lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, and that of the gospel will save it. So for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, will, and that of the gospel will save it. Because the truth is, none of us can save our own lives. None of us. We can't, we can't be good enough. We can't be holy enough to somehow earn heaven. We can't save our own lives. We will only receive heaven as a pure, gracious gift from the Lord. And as much as we abandon ourselves to his will so christ is literally saying here if i'm going to speak as plainly as possible the life of a christian is gonna suck (laughs) well take up your cross deny yourself and follow me because whoever loses his life for my sake and offers all those sufferings up right and turns everything over to me and relinquishes control for my sake and for that of the gospel will save it. And that's precisely how we should view it if we have no virtue. Without virtue, this message makes no sense, and it's absolute 
um i don't i don't follow horror it is like being a christian sucks is the attitude we should have if we have no virtue but virtue which is the practice of being able to respond to different things in a way that is um prompt and immediate the attitude of taking on the mind of christ and as we grow in virtue, even if we are taking up our cross and dying to ourselves, ironically, virtues make it possible to live that life and still experience joy. Which is where hope fits perfectly into this. Yes. And hope requires relinquishing your will to the will of God. Yeah, because our hope is not in ourselves. It's in Christ himself, or only. So let's look at those parts of ourselves that are doubting, that are holding us back. And let's introspectively say, get behind me, Satan, to those things this week. Yeah, uh, picking up our crosses and <clears throat> weeding them out. But doing so also with, with a huge effort and focus on being joyful in the picking of that up. Because really the, the greatest amount of joy that I've ever experienced in my life where I had a stint in my life where I was a missionary, uh, living in a different country, uh, living, uh, you know, opposite side over in Asia. Uh, and that part of my life where I was just purely at service was one of the most joyful times of my life. And so think of your life as an opportunity to grow in joy by growing in service and relinquishing your will and taking up your cross each day and serving. Amen. That's great. So for our challenge, take up your cross and serve to your family, to your spouse, to your kids, to your job, just for the next week and focus on where can I be of service and what parts of me do we need to look at and say, get behind me, Satan. Want to finish in a prayer? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your powerful words, for your great gospel that leads us to be a little more introspective, a little more um, gazing upon the way in which we follow you, the way in which we accept your will for our lives. Lord, help us to not only celebrate those good things in our life, but to celebrate even those crosses because you are there in the midst of our struggles. You are a good and gracious God who loves us even in the midst of our difficulties. And we grow ever closer to you when we pick up our cross because it is you who helps us carry it. Remind us, Lord, that any time we desire to follow you, it may be difficult, but we experience joy whenever we do everything for love of you. Remind us of this, Lord, and help our hearts to be, to be lifted up by this truth. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For Man Fully Alive Podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick, signing off.